Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Bugs, big bases, and rule changes. Oh, my. He's Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for, thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I'm never going to get that image out of my head now of a bug flying your eye while you're playing football here on ESPN Radio. A bug in my mouth uh, and my eye before. I, I've had them both. Yeah, I just want to stay with the eye part. I don't want to go below that. Thanks for joining us <laughs> on the ESPN app. See so gross. Chat. Oh, it, it certainly is, but still very effective. And also ESPNU. So we need a constant breakdown because we're going to need it. When it comes to the new rule changes in Major League Baseball, always great to have Jeff Passan, ESPN Major League Baseball insider, joining us here on Keyshawn, Jabel, and Max. Jeff, I know it's only been a few spring training games, and a lot of people had different opinions on it, but what is your opinion on Major League Baseball really going zero-sum 30 when it comes to making these new rule changes and putting them in place this soon? Freddie, I'm watching baseball games right now, and it feels like I'm 10 years old all over again. I, I was born in 1980, so I grew up watching baseball that actually moved at a reasonable pace and baseball games that didn't slog on for three-plus hours. And I think it's a shock to the system of people who have been conditioned over the last 25 or so years to think that baseball games have to last three-plus hours and uh, there have to be guys uh, adjusting their batting gloves in between every pitch and there have to be pitchers who are, are standing there looking in waiting for God knows what to deliver the pitch. But, uh, hey, guess what? Turns out you don't need that at all. All you need a clock is to keep people on time. And, uh, Key, all due respect to you, if the best argument against the pitch clock is a bug might get in my eye, it's not a very good argument. And the, the reality is it is being borne out through the numbers. There have been 35 games played this spring training so far. Last year, the average game time during spring training, guys, was three hours and one minute. This year, the average game time has been two hours, 38 minutes. That is a 23-minute difference. There have been six games that have lasted over three hours. All of them have had 14 or more runs, so it's been high scoring. There have been 12 games that have lasted fewer than two and a half hours. Major League Baseball wanted to accomplish two things with the pitch clock. Number one, a shorter game, and number two, a faster pace. Uh, The shorter game, it's unquestionable at this point. And the faster pace, while jarring for baseball fans who have become used to something else, is something that we will adjust to immediately, and this will be the new norm. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, I'm just, you know, I was just pointing that out. What ifs, right? I mean, who knows what would happen? It, it is, it is, it is spring training, unlike the 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 regular season. And I'm sure, based on what we've seen in spring training in terms of clock management and speeding up the game, do you think that some of the players, like in spring training, everybody plays or everybody doesn't play. But when yep. you start getting into the top dudes on the roster in Major League Baseball, will it affect their game both at the plate and on the mound up against these clocks in the regular season? 
that's the big question at this point. What sort of demonstrable effect is this going to have on the game itself? When we're talking big names, Key, I can point to Aaron Judge, who told Marley Rivera this week, I think the pitch clock is going to be a good thing. I can point to Max Scherzer, who, in after his first start yesterday, said he's excited for the pitch clock because it's going to allow him the opportunity to mess with hitters' timing. Uh, we have to remember, athletes maybe more than anyone in the general population, are exceedingly malleable creatures. They adjust to things all the time. Literally, if you're a football player, there is the idea of a second-half adjustment. So you're adjusting on the fly. This is something that players knew was coming, and they have spring training to get used to it. So, yeah, while I do think it's going to have specific effects on pitchers and hitters, I'm not quite sure what those effects are yet. You know, there's a school of thought that if you're going out there as a starting pitcher and you're trying to last deep into the game and you don't have as much time between pitches to recover, maybe you're not going to be throwing quite as max effort as you were. And the lack of max effort throws may bring velocity down or at very least stabilize it like it did in the minor leagues last year. And uh, I think the, the biggest change in baseball over the last decade plus has been uh, the extreme velocities that we're seeing and the difficulty in hitting them, well, if you can stabilize that or maybe even pull it back a little bit, then that's going to change the offensive game in baseball too where pitches are going to be a little easier to hit. And you may have that offset with a little bit more offense. I mean, the the notion of some of these games, I think there was a 17-run game, a 9-8 game, 10-7 game that lasted only two hours and 50 minutes. It's literally unbelievable uh, in in what baseball has been like over the last you know two and a half decades, but it's becoming a reality and it's bearing out on the field now. Jeff Passan, ESPN senior MLB insider, joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. The the San Diego, I'm still t- chasing the Dodger Padres. They just gave <laughs> okay. Manny Machado. Uh, they just gave Manny Machado an 11 year extension. Scared. You sound a little scared there, buddy. Uh, not quite. Uh, they gave him a $350 million contract extension over the next 11 seasons. Obviously, he had years left on the other one. They extended it out, gave him some more money because he threatened to opt out at the end of the season. What does this do for Juan Soto's extension? Are they going to get that done, or will he actually be on the market? Good question. Whew. That's a really good question, and I would have told you after the Padres spent $300 million on Machado in the first place and $340 million on Fernando Tatis Jr., that's probably enough for a market. There's No, it is not. They went out and gave $280 million to Xander Bogarts and $100 million to Jill Musgrove and $106 million to Hugh Darvish, and you would think at that point, okay, this is a small market team. They already have a payroll higher than the Dodgers, third highest payroll in baseball. That's enough. No, that's not enough. It's clear that the Padres want to build a winner and that they are prioritizing that at the cost of money. And yet when you look at the appreciation of the value of the franchise, Keyshawn, since Peter Seidler bought it back in 2012 for $800 million, the Padres are worth well over $2 billion now if they were to sell on the open market. Wow. The reality is he has taken some of that equity, leveraged it, and reinvested it back in the club in hopes of building something that is sustainable. Will it be? 
that remains to be seen, but we see what the Padres do really well. They have drafted players and got talent in their system enough to go out and make a lot of these trades. And if they can continue doing that and developing some of these guys and uh, really making a team that's not just based on free agency, but based on uh, the combination of free agency and drafting and developing and signing Latin American players and developing them, then that, that is the most sustainable thing you can have, and that's the hope for the San Diego Padres. What else has gotten your attention in this preseason slash beginning of the season before we get there with Major League Baseball being 31 days away from opening day? Look, Freddie, uh, you know my job is to go out and get news. Mm-hmm. So I'm very attuned to the transactional elements of the game, and my eyes are squarely focused on, like, November 1st, 2023, which is when, at the conclusion of the World Series, Shohei Otani is going to become a free agent. I was literally about to ask you that next, Jeff. I was literally yeah, about to ask I, you uh, that. Listen, we, 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 we see eye to eye. That, that's that's why you guys like having me on the show. That's why I like joining because we, we vibe and like that. Um, Shohei Otani's had two uh, consecutive historically great seasons. He won an MVP. He finished second to Aaron Judge, uh, who uh, only broke the American League home run record last year. Like, this is the caliber of a player that we've never seen. And listen, I've covered Barry Bonds. I've covered Mike Trout. I've seen greatness up close. It's nothing like Shohei Otani. He hits at an elite level, and he pitches at an elite level, and he's about to get paid at an elite level. If he puts up a season anywhere near what he's done each of the last two years, he is going to be the first North American professional athlete to be guaranteed $500 million. And 500 may just be the starting point, guys, because you've got the Dodgers who are going to be all over him. You've got the the New York Mets who would love to cajole him to come out to the East Coast. And you even have the San Diego Padres who uh, I believe are going to be in on Otani as well as Juan Soto, who is going to be a free agent after the 2024 season. Mm. John, what, what, go ahead. I was going to say, when you when you think of Otani, though, what, what region of the country, though, that he's most comfortable in, though? Or does it really even matter? Because when he came over – we all thought, okay, Dodgers, Dodgers, or Angels made the most sense because of the communities in which L.A., meaning proper L.A. Dodgers from an Asian influence, and then Orange County makes a lot of sense. Now we're talking about New York and some other places, but what falls in line with what his thinking is? Well, at West Coast was certainly the preference the first time through. But I think Shohei Otani is going to have been here for six years and seen the country. And uh, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he would be willing to go, go to New York, especially when Steve Cohen is the owner there and has shown a willingness to throw around dollars like nobody else. I mean, what, what the New York Mets have done to build themselves up is pretty incredible, and particularly if Max Scherzer opts out of his contract after this year and there's a hole in that rotation, Shohei Otani would fill it really, really nicely. Uh, that said, I think the industry believes there's still a West Coast preference, but uh, I don't think you can rule anything out at this point. It's going to be, uh, you know, I, 
I'm trying not to get too prisoner of the moment here, but yeah. it may be the most fascinating free agency I've ever seen. Yeah, and mm. many people believe he could wind up getting a $600 million contract when Shohei Otani gets to the open market and when that happens. Before Jeez. that, Jeff Pass and ESPN Major League Baseball Insider, Senior Major League Baseball Insider, will be all over. Hit him on Twitter, Jeff Pass, and joining us here on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Always a pleasure catching with you, Jeff. Have a good day as well and enjoy the rest of the spring training. Keep the bugs out the eyes. Stay away from them. Stay away from them bugs, Keith. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I saw that report last week. Real quick, Keith, John Heyman in the New York Post said he could get $600 million in the contract when it comes to Shohei Otani. Yeah, we got him here in L.A. Don't even trip. I'm not tripping. Put it this way. I I think your main competitor would be the San Francisco Giants because when you mentioned about the Asian population, I think they'll be a main competitor. Yeah, no, it's siding back to the Angels, never winning anything. Uh, Dodgers, opportunity to always win. And then San Francisco rebuilding. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, exactly. He'll be part of the Hollywood Something about being a Dodger is a little bit different, though. We get it. We understand it. Let's just move on here. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Keyshawn Johnson there. Freddie Coleman here. Hit us up anytime you want at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And we hate to say it about James Harden, but his future will depend on the playoffs and what he does with the 76ers. We'll explain that next on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. The NBA created the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award. Abdul-Jabbar has long been committed to using his influence to engage on social issues to promote equality and fight discrimination. And in 2016, Kareem was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor. Black History Always, celebrating Black History Month on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. He is Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. And don't forget about us on ESPNU. So you got Boston here. You got Milwaukee there. By the way, real quick before you get to that, I can't wait to see what the NBA players are going to look like, Key. When you got so many storylines, you got the Lakers and their resurgence. What's Golden State going to do? Will Sacramento ever play defense? Can the Clippers figure it out? You got Boston, Milwaukee, and a lot of people wondering about the future of James Harden in Philadelphia and how much of that key is tied to what they do in the playoffs because no matter what happens, 
he's going to get the brunt of either criticism or love, even in my opinion, a lot more than Joel Embiid, who is clearly the guy they need to play well in the playoffs no matter what. Yeah, but but if James Harden wets the bed, like most people have alluded to in the past in his playoff performances, he's going to certainly be the focal point of the demise of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, it'll be docked to a degree, okay. but a lot of it is going to fall on James Harden. I think Embiid isn't going to be the issue because they kind of – Philadelphia Sixer fans in general, they've kind of already – Embiid's their guy. James Harden is on the outside kind of trying to be the guy, and Doc Rivers, they almost rooting for him to fail. You know, it's <laughs> like that, – that's the way I feel. I feel like they're almost rooting for Doc to not get there because – Why? Uh, because of the situations – in the past, the way he's played rotations in the past, the way things have gone in the playoffs in the past, it was almost like he failed with the Clippers to some degree to some people, you know, and then he gets basically parachuted in as a 76ers savior as a coach, and now you're looking at a situation where they got a nice team, but if they can't somehow get further than where they were the last couple years, they're going to be looking to move on from him as well. Well, we'll see if James Harden wants to move on from Philly if they don't advance and get the NBA Finals and win the NBA chip because Daryl Morey, 76ers president, he had to deal with that kind of question from Kevin DeGandhi of Sportsman, which was an accurate question to say, hey, what about the future James Harden no matter what happens in the playoffs? Specifically with James Harden, he took a pay cut this uh, offseason and he could test the market as a free agent this offseason. How much would the success of this postseason and gelling with Embiid play a role on his future in staying in Philly? I know he's just focused on this season and not not the offseason, but I know that he's focused on winning the championship. He's going to be wherever he feels like he has the best chance. Uh, obviously, his pairing with Embiid is very, very good, uh, and we feel like it's a great pairing for the long term. You pointed this out when we talked about this about two hours ago in terms of Dal Morey saying wherever he wants to win a championship because I didn't catch that, but you caught that. When somebody comes out of their face, uh, out of their face and says that immediately, that means they know something. That was very interesting. Dal Murray was like, look, we want him to be here, but there are no guarantees. And it seems like he's leaning that if we don't get in the playoffs in advance, that James Harden is going to be somewhere else. Well, it could be somewhere else. And, and when he said that, it caught my eyes because I started thinking about the Lakers. Um, and I started thinking about the Kyrie situation. And the Lakers needing somebody like a James Harden, needing somebody like a Kyrie Irving. If you miss out on Kyrie because Kyrie wants to make up the difference by and that money staying in Dallas or Kyrie wants to join Kevin Durant in Phoenix and then all of a sudden you got James Harden who's made a ton of money and both on and off the court and now only thing he's chasing, Kyrie already has a ring, only thing he's chasing now is getting a ring to solidify his position in NBA history to a degree. Does it make sense for the Lakers to start sniffing around James Harden mm -hmm. come the offseason if, in fact, He's looking to really test the free agent market. What do those numbers look like? Is it the same amount of money that Kyrie would essentially get from the Lakers? Because me personally, I probably would rather have James Harden right. paired with LeBron and AD opposed to Kyrie paired with LeBron and AD. So there's a lot to unpack here between now and the end of the season and the start of free agency. Um, there's just a, a ton of it, but I think it makes a lot of sense if James Harden is going to become free. And, and right there, you heard Durham Morey say, hey, you know, wherever – he wants to win a championship at. It's like, huh. Why would you say that? 
Right. Why would you say that? Uh-huh. By the way, Keyshawn Johnson, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn Jalen and Max on ESPN Radio. Here's why I believe Dal Murray said that. To me, and this is just me, he was letting James Harden know, look, I want you here, but if you want to go somewhere else, I still got Joel Embiid. I still got guys that want to be here, that will want to come here and play with Joel Embiid. This is the best possible position for you, James Harden, if you want to recognize that goal of winning a championship, if you want to recognize that goal of changing the narrative about your lack of playoff success. We know he has had the numbers, but when they have needed him in, in certain situations with the Rockets, and I'm not going to hold the Brooklyn Nets against him. Everybody was beat up, including him. He went out there on one leg and tried to play, so I'll give him credit for that. But if they're not able to win in Philadelphia and he gets that virtual that's going to come his way if he doesn't play well, if I'm, if that's what I'm saying, I'm down more. Look, your best possible position to win a championship is right here. You should not even be thinking about going anywhere else when you're not going to have a better teammate on your side right now in the prime of his career when you got a guy like Joel Embiid who you need him a lot more than he needs you. And if they don't get it done this year, though, you say his best position is to be there in Philly. If they don't get it done this year – Doc Rivers probably going to be gone. So now who are you bringing in? Who are you bringing in to help win that championship? We like we already know Darwin Ham is staying in L.A. Mm-hmm. He ain't going nowhere after the season. We know LeBron James and A.D. are staying in L.A. They're not going anywhere after this season. But we don't know what they're going to do with Doc Rivers, right? We, we, we just don't. So now you bring in Mike D'Antoni. Is that is that the rumor? Uh, uh, yeah, that now you back yeah. to doing the same thing yeah, that, that you that did in work. Houston. So now work. what? So it's like you also, if you James Harden, you got to think about: Do I want to just? And on top of that, if you couldn't get past Boston and Milwaukee, what makes you think you're gonna get past Boston and Milwaukee in 2024, 2025? That's fair, but at the same time, I know if I'm James Harden, if you go, let's say you go out to the Western Conference. Even though the Eastern Conference is better, the West is still loaded. And with younger players at the guard position that you've got to deal with. Yeah, but that, they got to deal with me too. Yeah, but James Harden, he's an advanced player. He's an aging player at a yeah, certain they gotta, point. But they got to deal with me too, though, it's, if I'm James. I, I, dude, you can have that mentality, but the, keep, the league keeps getting younger and faster. And James Harden is not as fast as he used to be. He didn't need to be fast. That first step is still lethal when it comes to him. But, but I'm also going to a team that use, utilizes spacing so well in knockdown shooters. And if I'm a knockdown shooter and we got a bully, we got a bully in LeBron and we got AD now, we can kick and I can knock it down and I bring the ball to the court, give it to LeBron, he does his thing, kick it back to me, I can just knock the shot down. I don't need to be fast. We'll see. Put it this way. I'm rooting for James Harden, uh, except when he plays the Knicks. I'm rooting for him because I would love to see him change that narrative. I would love to see him be able to do that. I don't trust it. I don't think he'll be able to, but I want to be wrong about that when it comes to him. But you're right. When it comes to Boston and Milwaukee, even though he's been terrific for Philadelphia, that doesn't mean that's going to be enough against a team, both of those teams, that have long defenders that can really bother him. And what would Atlanta look like now? What's Atlanta going to look like now, right? I mean, we don't know. Well, with Quinn Snyder as their new head coach, if Trey Young is on board with this and all reports seem to be that he is, if he thought he got coached hard by Nate McMillan, wait until Quinn Snyder is going to be his head coach. Now, if that's what he wants. It's a different way of communicating, though, too. Though. I agree, you yeah. You coach a dude yeah. hard depending on how you talk to him. Well, that's why, that's why I don't know. If maybe Nate McMillan, old school guy, Trey Young, a new school guy, didn't, was not receptive to that. If he's receptive to a new school discipline from Quinn Snyder, 
then all of a sudden you even become more attractive with Atlanta. Either way, it's going to be very interesting, Fre- that Fre- kind of future and the future James Harden in Philadelphia. Freddie, how do you feel About. being a Knicks fan? How do, how do you, How's your soul? I feel a lot better now because Jalen Brunson, I'll, I'll raise my hand and say, I thought there was a lot of money for a guy that hadn't proven it. I'm happy to be wrong because that, that's been a bad dude in the fourth quarter. But he's made Julius Randle better. R.J. Barry, hope he'll figure it out. I think getting Josh Hart at the trading deadline really helps. Now, Jalen Brunson have to handle the ball as much. For the first time in a while, they're not a championship team. I'm not crazy to say that. But I feel a lot better about them going into the playoffs as long as Tom Thibodeau does not screw it up as a so head coach of the Knicks. So your soul feels good. You feel better now. We're building. You're building. I, I, I don't know if I'm feel. I don't know if my soul feels better. I'll just say that my soul is not as open <laughs> as it used to be <laughs> before the trading deadline, and they look a lot better. By the way, they won six in a row, so I will take that with the Knicks. He's Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. And are injuries the only reason that could keep the Bucks and the Celtics Eastern Conference Finals from happening? This is ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. And Key, I've heard you say this so many times, it's ingrained in my mind. Don't tell me what I said. Well, I'm going to tell you what you said because you keep saying it. The Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max Podcast. It's 23 of the most important games of my career for a regular season. Lakers might have to go something like 17-6 and six in order to make up that gap. It's a major challenge ahead. The way the West has looked, I can't dismiss the possibility that the Los Angeles Lakers could make some noise. And I think as these pieces are better pieces than what they had before, I still see this team being, you know, an eight seed who goes out or has an exit in the first round. You're always going to give them a chance because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He's Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80 and ESPNU. So we got a Lakers comeback and their ceiling. We got the Knicks playing better, but we could have a Boston-Milwaukee Eastern Conference final and nobody be able to get in the way of that. We got plenty of those things to discuss and more with Tim Bontemps. Does a great job as an ESPN NBA writer. Hit him on Twitter at Tim Bontemps. By the way, he'll be covering the Celtics versus the Knicks later on tonight. Let's go back to the Lakers and that 27-point comeback, chilling by that much, Tim, in the second quarter. What was your reaction to seeing what they were able to do when it did not seem likely that was going to happen? Well, I, I certainly thought it was a, a pretty uh, terrible meltdown by Dallas, led by Luka. Um, just really did not play very well at all over the final two or three quarters of that game, Freddie. And, look, it was an impressive win 
for the Lakers, who have shown some fight and shown some life here uh, over the past week or so. Um, obviously, you know, let's see where LeBron's foot is at after he was, you know, limping a bit, leaving the game and um, or leaving the arena yesterday after the win. But, look, AD was awesome. Jared Vanderbilt was a very welcome, from a Laker perspective, a dose of athleticism and energy and defense that they haven't really had over the past couple of years. Um, you know, they're deeper after the trades they've made and the moves they've made. Uh, to add some pieces around LeBron and AD. And if those guys keep playing well, they've got a shot to certainly get themselves in the play-in mix and see where things go from there. And I will say, you know, not only that comeback yesterday, but over these first few days after the break, they've really had just about every result go their way. They've had a bunch of teams in front of them lose. They've gotten a couple wins in a row. And, you know, they've got to jump a lot of teams to get in the mix here. But these first few days after the break, things have certainly fallen the way they needed to and now all of a sudden they're you know they're a lot closer to getting into tents and um have a chance to move up higher in the standings than that tim what's your hesitation though with the lakers is it is it that these guys are only going to be together 18 games 17 games before the end of the year is that the hesitation to say that this roster is now constructed as a nice team to make a strong playoff run yeah, I just I I think key at this point they're still not that good of a team ultimately, right? Like if you have LeBron and AD and you get in the playoffs, like even if they're the eighth seed, I'm not going to feel great if I'm Denver having to play LeBron and AD in the first round, right? That being said, we're still looking at a team that's got pretty limited depth, pretty limited athleticism, really other than Malik Beasley, not another guy that you look at as a you know, above average NBA shooter. And Malik Beasley is a guy who, you know, as we saw yesterday, you know, he'll get up 10 or 11 threes a game. And while a couple of days ago he hit a bunch of them, yesterday he went two for 11, right? Yeah. So they've added their depth. They've gotten better. They've made meaningful strides forward. But I just don't – I still don't think they have quite the same ceiling as some of these other teams. And, like, the other thing, too, is, like I said, let's see where LeBron's health is at, right? Let's see where AD's health is at. If those two guys are healthy and playing like they did yesterday, then the Lakers have a chance to make some noise here. If either one of them has any kind of issue over the next couple of weeks, they could, you know, slide a little bit and then maybe not even make the plan. Okay, so let's play radio for a minute here. Uh-oh. Let's assume <laughs> let's assume that the Lakers are 100% healthy. Let's assume sure. that they that they are healthy. Can they not compete? in the playoffs if they are healthy, not just A.D. and LeBron, but D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, instead of going 3 of 11 or 2 of 11, all of a sudden he turns into what right. we thought he was, and all of a sudden Vandy turned – Vandy, see I gave him a nickname. And all of a sudden he <laughs> does what he did last Van night. Vando. Vando. Yeah, Vando. So wow. now all of a sudden he does what he's doing. Can they not compete? with the Clippers or Memphis or Denver or whoever else comes out of the West? I I think, well, like I said before, I think if they get in the playoffs and you're in a first-round series and you're one of those teams and you're playing the Lakers, if they're healthy, I'm not going to feel good about playing LeBron and AD in a series, right, and having to win four out of seven games. Now, if you're talking about competing as in, like, they can make the finals, I just don't think – they're going to be able to win three series in the West 
with the roster they've got and with the wear and tear that LeBron and AD have on them at this point. But if you tell me that they're in the, you know, the 2-7 or 1-8 series and it goes six or seven games where they pull off an upset and LeBron is awesome, like, yeah, I think there's a world where that can happen. I think that's as much because the Western Conference is not that impressive and totally wide open. And the fact that, again, if you're talking about a seven-game series and LeBron and AD are able to play 42 minutes a game, you've got a shot, right? And that's why the moves the Lakers made at the deadline were good in the short term in the sense that they did give them some real depth, solid depth pieces that filled in some real weaknesses they had. They needed more shooting. They got D'Angelo Russell and Louis Beasley. They needed athleticism. They got Jared Vanderbilt. They got defense. You saw the way Vanderbilt was playing against Luka Doncic yesterday, right? They didn't have anybody who could do anything like that before. So, you know, they're not a complete team. They're not, you know, they're not one of the best teams in the league, I don't think, at this point. But if you talk about competing in the playoffs, like I said, if they get in against anybody in the West and their guys are healthy, that's not going to be a matchup you're going to look at and be like, oh, man, we're excited to play LeBron and AD in the Lakers. I mean, that, that's, it's going to be a difficult matchup because those two guys are that good that they're going to, they're going to give any team they play a hard time. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer. Hit him on Twitter. Tim Bontemps joining Freddie Coleman and Keyshawn Johnson and Keyshawn Jalen Max on ESPN Radio. What team can keep a Boston Celtics-Milwaukee Bucks Eastern Conference Finals from happening, Tim, because it seems like we're really leaning that way? I mean, Philly's the only team, Freddie, that can do that. I mean, you know, the Knicks have obviously been a great story. I'm personally really hoping we get Knicks Cavs in the first round. I mean, Donovan Mitchell versus the Knicks would be pretty juicy mm-hmm. in a first-round series. But those teams, Miami, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Toronto, none of those teams are good enough to beat Milwaukee or Boston in a series. It really just comes down to can the Sixers go toe-to-toe with one of those teams and win? I think they've got a better chance against Milwaukee than they do against Boston. I think it's not the best matchup for Philly against the, the Celtics. We saw, obviously, I was in Philly for the barn burner they had the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston ended up winning that, you know, right at the end, as you guys know, when Tatum hit that shot and Joel's 70-footer was just late. But, um, but yeah, other than Philly, there's nothing stopping that. And, frankly, like we are just talking about the Western Conference, I think the three best teams in the league are Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly in some order. And I think there's a pretty big gap between them and everybody else. The problem for Philly in particular is, you know, this is a team that we've been waiting to see break through to the conference finals for years now, since Joel really came onto the scene. And they've got one of the best teams in the league this year. The problem is the two teams that I think are better than them, they have to get through to get that far. So, you know, might just be an unlucky situation for them, but I'm with you. I, I just want to see a healthy Boston-Milwaukee Conference Finals, because I think that has a chance to be an all-time great showdown if we're able to get it. Yeah, that could be seven games of hellacious basketball if that happens. Hey, Tim, always appreciate you, my man. Enjoy the game tonight between the Celtics and the Knicks at the Madison Square Garden. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. Always appreciate right, Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer. Hit him on Twitter at Tim Bontemps. Joining us here on Keyshawn J. Willem Max with Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. So who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? be? There you go. Yeah, there we go. Between the Lakers and the Trailblazers and that number one spot, which one has the best chance to get in? We'll get to that after this one, Dallas Shave Club. Still overpaying for a razor in this economy? Ugh. 
Gross. Infl- inflation is lame. Crying at the gas station is lame. And overpaying for razors is lame. That's why Dollar Shave Club exists. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. They've been hawking shaving products for years online, and they're excited to bring you the same great quality and low prices at a store near you. Find Dollar Shave Club in the men's razor aisle. Get your Dollar Shave Club razor wherever you want epic razors, epically affordable. Greedy. The Giants should sign Daniel Jones and tag Saquon Barkley. I hate saying it, but the lot in life of the running back is to get used up and thrown away. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. It is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. He's Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, as well as Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app, and also ESPNU. Don't you just love that kind of groove? It's sinister. It gets to the point. gets right inside you. Well done, Alan Yates and the ones and twos. Well done. So who's going to get that spot? You got the Pelicans at 30 and 31. Portland Trailblazers, a half game back at 29 and 31. Los Angeles Lakers, a game back at 29 and 32. Now, the Pelicans, we don't know when we're going to see Zion Williamson again because those injuries that he has to deal with. And when you have those kind of injuries that seem to go on and on and on, you have to wonder how that's going to affect him when it comes to the psyche. The Portland Trailblazers, they get 71 points last night, key from Damian Lillard, part of 13 threes. But the Lakers, that's trending upward. That is all the makings of a team that's not just going to get the last play-in spot. They could possibly get out of the play-in itself and be part of the top six. Oh, yeah. If they do, they're going to hurt some feelings, though. They really – if they if they get out of the play-in, get in the play-in and get out of the play-in, they're going to hurt some feelings, no question about it. Um, you, you are threatened, mm-hmm. not feared, but threatened. Yeah by Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You don't have to fear them. You're just threatened. You know that it's going to be a tough out. You're going to have to play your A game because they're going to play their A game, and it's going to be a tough out. And so the Lakers, for whatever reason with LeBron James, he just strikes – they just strike fear in people, you know, to a degree. Um, I think you have to fear them and respect them. I think – Well, the respect part is you're going to respect them anyway. That's just part of it. But it has to be both if you're in the Western Conference because of what you just mentioned. When you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they avoid injuries. We don't know what's going to happen with LeBron's foot and what that severity is. He's not going to say anything about that, but we'll figure it out later on. You know, watching him limp off, he's fine. Is he fine, fine, or just fine? I think he's fine. First of all, he had – first of all – he had his regular shoe on. So it wasn't so clearly to me as Dr. Johnson, 
looking from afar. <laughs> he had his regular game. He had his regular shoes on, so there wasn't any swelling. Yeah. Me, just Doctor Johnson. Okay, is if he's got his regular shoes on, not in a walking boot, not in a walking boot, and not on crutches, and he's not really. I mean, he just that's a sore limp. That's not a that's not a hurt limp to me. That's a sore limp. But that's just Doctor Johnson, you know. <laughs> that's just me. I'm just telling you. I, I analyzed Patrick Mahomes' ankle when he first did it. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, he'll be fine come Super Bowl. Everybody's like, oh, you're crazy. I said, man, the dude will be fine. All that's going to happen, as long as somebody doesn't grab it and twist it and turn it, he's going to get that certain that certain jolt, yeah. and that's it, and he'll be fine. Looking at LeBron, I notice he has his regular shoes on. Okay, You typically can't put your regular shoes on when you have some swelling because it just won't fit. Even if you even if you take the shoelaces out, walk around with no laces, your sh- your foot just won't go in because the front of the shoe is so narrow that the swelling pushes there and it hurts like hell. But that's just me as a doctor. Okay, you know? good analysis, Mr. Dr. Johnson, when it comes to that. Sean in Washington, D.C. at 888-729-3776 has something to say about Damian Lillard. Sean, what you got? Hey, Lillard, I think it'll be important to get in that spot, but at the same time, I want to uh, give y'all props how y'all brought the third out of Kyrie because a lot of people, especially people on y'all network, take a person with Kyrie and put that bad bead on them. But I can't hear nothing. You, I can't hear nothing. I can't hear nothing you saying right now, boss, because you either got your radio up or you in the closet sneaking on the phone call. <laughs> I can't hear him. No, I have my headphones on. Keep my fault. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I knew it was something. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was something. yeah. Um, I, I said I want to give y'all props how y'all handled the Tyree situation as you broke it down earlier, saying with all the spots you've been to. But it's people that's on big platforms like on y'all network that got personal with, that get personal with Tyree and give him a bad beat, you know. But I just think keep you bringing that third eye, saying look at the whole picture, not just what – you hear from the media and all that. You got to look at the whole picture. And second of all, if if Bubba Rob Davis, you know, if he's just saying straight up, y'all yeah, might can get that 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 playoff spot. But I just don't trust Bubba Rap. He's just he, he's just too fragile. Y'all, with me. Man, y'all get off my man, dude, man. That's another good <laughs> one. He went from Dr. Cotton to street clothes to bubble wrap. Exactly. I mean, I get it. I understand it. But the Kyrie situation, look, some of it is his own undoing just based on how he constructs the way he go about delivering the message. But it's also a lot of, I don't want to say personal attacks, but a lot of personal feelings on the way people feel about Kyrie. That's all. Look, I've been through it in my own professional career. A person to tell you I can burn down a building just walking into it, which was a goddamn on lie. But that was the that was the narrative that people wanted to try to set up for who I was because I didn't I didn't move to the beat of their drum. Mm-hmm. I moved to the to beat them. of my own. You see what I'm saying? Right. Even when I took the job at ESPN 17 years ago, they hired me, but I got executives walking around on eggshells that hired me. I had to tell them, Freddie, I said, man, I'm not gonna bite you, but but. They just didn't – all they see was the guy going off on a coach on the sideline. So they had their own preconceived notions about who I was mm-hmm. opposed to knowing me. Yeah. And that's and I feel that's the same way Kyrie gets that message. And then in terms of the Lakers and the bubble wrap, I mean, look, we all know Anthony Davis has a light history mm-hmm. of injuries. And if he stays healthy, the Lakers are a better team. 
Period. I, I find it funny, going back to what you said about executives responding to you that way. How many times do we always hear from people, everybody should have their own free think? They yes. should always think for themselves. But yet when somebody does it and it doesn't conform to their free thinking, then that person's a problem. I'm not condoning or excusing anything that's gone on in the past with Kyrie Irving. But I always find it interesting that the same people that talk about everybody needs to think for themselves and don't be a snowflake and all those kind of things. And then somebody like him snowflake. who's not that, I brought that up for a reason, for effect. Don't read into it. But then when somebody does that like that, then all of a sudden they get upset about it and they get their nose twisted because yeah, of that. Yeah, they, they, they do. They, they do, but that's just the narratives that's said about certain guys. And they be, you know, and they look at the, they look at certain guys this way mm-hmm. when you really should be looking at this guy that right, way. Right? Yeah, it's always the one doing the bait and switch, the one that brings it up. But that's the one you should be really paying attention to. See you tomorrow, Snowflake. I'll see you tomorrow, Mister Key. <laughs> Greeny with Mike Greenberg comes your way next. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about involving the comeback by the Lakers and also what happened with Damian Lillard and his historic night. Greeny with Mike Greenberg comes your way next. With Keyshawn Johnson and Freddie Coleman, this is Keyshawn, Jalen, and Max on the mighty ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jalen, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.